0: First, they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. Donald Trump shared a meme of this, attributing it to Mahatma Gandhi back in 2016. Of course, it wasn't a quote from Gandhi, as far as I can tell. He actually got fact-checked on this, but it turned out to play out just that way. They ignored Trump, and they laughed at him, then they fought him tooth and nail, and then he won, and he wasn't supposed to, by all accounts. Now it seems to be happening kind of again. I don't know if it'll play out perfectly, but we are currently in the now they fight you phase. November 3rd, there was an election. Donald Trump won that night. I should say he was leading that night, but they said, wait, it's a red mirage. You see, now we're going to count the mail in and absentee ballots and Joe Biden will likely win. And we saw that infamous bump where Joe Biden gained a ton of votes, putting him just above Donald Trump. After this, we sort of waited. And then on the seventh, they announced Joe Biden is the president elect, says all the media and Trump supporters started saying no and pushing back. And they were soundly ignored by the media and the left. Well, then we saw Giuliani give his famous press conference where his hair dye was streaking down his face and they started laughing. Now they're starting to fight. They ignored, they laughed, and now they're fighting. You see, many Democrats and leftists have finally started to realize with Trump actually getting state legislatures on his side, there is a real possibility for a major dispute come the 14th or the 6th. And then what happens on the 20th? See, so on the 14th of December, the Electoral College votes. On January 6th, a joint session of Congress counts the votes. And then on the 20th, Joe Biden will be inaugurated. We're now starting to see the activists left Try uh, kind of take things serious, like, hey, wait a minute, Trump might actually win. Maybe you should have paid attention early on and not underestimated your opponent. Maybe Trump won't really win. I'm not sure. But there's a really funny article from the Root. I'm not saying Donald Trump is planning a coup, but he's doing exactly what someone would do if they were planning a coup. Perhaps. Then we also have this best of Reddit post. You see, over on Reddit, r/slash politics, a very leftist place, mind you. We can see a comment from Is This Real uh, "Is this real Life is the username. They use an alternate spelling. It appeared as a top post and they said, we just hesitate to call it a coup because it doesn't appear to be what we envision a coup looks like. They then go on to break down exactly why what we're seeing is dangerous and how Trump is fighting for legitimacy and might actually win. They ignored Trump they laughed at Giuliani and Sidney Powell. My friends, congratulations. We have now graduated to the then they fight you phase. And we all know if this is the track that we're headed on, it results in the then you win. I'm not saying Donald Trump's going to win this. I'm not saying the odds are even in his favor. You know, my position on this, and I've been roasted by the Trump supporters endlessly for it. But it must be acknowledged that, well, the left is starting to realize Trump actually could do this. And the reality here is, Both sides view this as a coup now. Of course, the Republicans have been fighting for a long time, giving them a major, major advantage, something the left will come to regret, ignoring and laughing. You see, for the Trump supporters, they didn't start by ignoring it. The Trump supporters started before and after the election day with then they fight you nonstop. That's a different track. There's no ignoring and there's no laughing to be reasonable, I suppose. They did laugh at and ignore Joe Biden early on. But since election night, when it mattered most, Trump supporters have been fighting tooth and nail endlessly. And now Trump is on track to win just because he's on track doesn't mean he will. The way I've described it before is you can be on a track, but there's trees falling down. There's loop the loops. There's jumps and gaps. A ton of obstacles that make it extremely unlikely he pulls this off. But we do have news. Seventy five Republicans in Pennsylvania have called the election in dispute, signing a letter saying as such, is that enough to challenge the results of the election. It might be. What about the court case in PA going to SCOTUS? Will that put the safe harbor provi- uh, bypass the safe harbor provision, allowing Congress to say we dispute Pennsylvania? What about Georgia? A signature audit is is coming. Brian Kemp finally ordered it after a video showed people pulling box out from under tables. Things are getting spicy. And Giuliani says we don't need the courts because the Constitution is on our side, and he's not wrong. So what are they saying? Let's take a look at exactly what Trump is doing that makes them finally now recognize uh-oh, Trump's on his path to victory. But the bigger picture here beyond all of this is that it's not about Trump being on path to victory. It's about a collision course between two groups that have hyper polarized and are now careening back towards each other and about to collide in what may become not a coup, but a civil war. And of course, people keep saying, no, it'll never happen. It's, it's hyperbolic. I have this story from The Hill. Trump Pentagon nominee alleged Biden coup. What happens when the right is saying Joe Biden is stealing this? It's a coup. And the left says Donald Trump is stealing this. It's a coup. They are both primed and ready for some kind of fight. A civil war doesn't have to be angry civilians fighting in the streets. It can be loyalists versus separatists. No idea. But how can you have both sides alleging it's a coup now getting ready for a major battle? I guess we'll see how it plays out. But let's take a look at what they're saying over at the root and this best of comment where they're finally realizing what it means, what Trump is doing and how they view it. Before we get started, make sure you check out youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. It is my podcast show. We do a live show Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. We don't have any shows tonight, but subscribe there because we have a ton of really awesome guests. We'll be back Monday with the show. And all in all, you, if you like my content, you'll probably like the show. You'll probably not like when I have conversations with the leftists and they sort of just say things people don't agree with. But that's the point, man. I'm trying to make sure that people get exposed to ideas they might not normally hear and they don't have to like it. But check out youtube.com slash Timcast Subscribe, subscribe to this channel, hit that like button, hit the notification bell and let's read. From The Root, Michael Harriet says, I'm not the kind of person who shares conspiracy theories, but last night I was searching faux chan. He says it's like black Twitter, but for 4chan, for a leather-bound copy of the Willie Lynch letter. I happen to run across a few articles on Donald Trump that made my whitey senses tingle. He says it's like spidey senses, but for black people, when white people are up to something. I'll write the root. He says, anyway, I think Donald Trump may be planning a military coup d'etat. I know, of course, this scenario sounds crazy. No one would ever let it happen. It is unimaginable as having the president invite a suspected Russian spy to the Oval Office and giving away top secret information in plain sight. Or, for instance, if someone accused him of asking a foreign country to undermine the election on a phone call and we found out he hid the transcript in a secret classified computer, but no one ever made him release the actual transcript. Or, for instance, his son in law failed a background check and admitted he created a back channel to Russia, but still received a security clearance. Now, all of that is, is in my opinion, false framing. I'm not going to go through debunking all of the ridiculous fake Russiagate stuff, but we went through the Mueller investigation. Long story short, the things he's bringing up, for the most part, falsely framed, debunked, absolutely absurd. And that's it. The Mueller probe ended with no evidence of collusion. He says it could never happen. But for S's and giggles, let's imagine it could. We'd probably need a team of former intelligence officials, government experts and legal analysts to explain how it could happen. Then we would probably need them to go through all the possible scenarios and explain how this totally fictional coup could happen. And if in this dream scenario, someone like Georgetown law professor Rosa Brooks organized 67 legal scholars, retired military officers, former senior government officials and political strategists, let's call them the transition integrity project to act out every imaginal post-election scenario, how exactly would Trump pull off the supposed coup? Months before the election, someone actually did this and wrote a report. Here are all seven of the possible steps Trump would take. This is from before the election. If a close and contested election was resolved through the exercise of power, not the courts. Calling for recounts in all states in which victory was not already apparent. Launching coordinated investigations at the state and federal levels into alleged irregularities in an effort to undermine public confidence in the results that did not go Trump's way. Attempting to halt the counting of mail in ballots by filing cases in state court, turning out their well organized and committed base to take to the streets in Trump's favor, relying on both Fox News and right wing social media and echo chambers and and, uh, echo, uh, I'm sorry, social media to echo and amplify pro Trump messages and facilitate the harassment and bullying of officials, using federal agencies to justify or support Trump campaign tactics. While these may sound like this, uh, Transition Integrity Project team can see into the future. None of their predictions are shocking. It's when they get to the military coup part I start worrying. Read it for yourself. They say, the one area of genuine uncertainty related to whether Team Trump could convince the military to deploy active duty troops domestically. In this scenario, the military refused to support Team Trump. But there was concern that this reflected recency bias. Given that the exercises were run shortly after participants observed the military's cautiousness in the wake of the June 1st events in Lafayette Square, of particular concern are the president's ability to federalize the National Guard, to deploy the military domestically, to launch investigations into opponents and to freeze their assets, and even to control communication in the name of national security, the politicization of the Department of Justice as an additional worrying dimension including whether and how the agency could provide legal cover for the president's actions. Many Trump supporters have highlighted an executive order going back to I believe it was September on foreign interference in the elections that Trump has tremendous powers. If that uh, uh, is the case that the foreign a foreign government interfered in our elections, Trump can do a whole lot. And that report, I believe, if it were to come out, wouldn't be due until mid-December. Trump also has the presidential communication texting network. Remember when everyone got a text message from Donald Trump to their phones, giving Trump the ability to bypass any kind of partisan media and send out a warning or just message to all phones. And then you need to realize that when it comes to giving U.S. military or National Guard orders, they don't always know exactly what the orders are for or the true intent. The example I've cited in the past was in Turkey. A bunch of Turkish soldiers went to the Bosphorus Bridge. It's what it's it's the bridge between the European portion of Turkey and the Asian portion. Well, then all of a sudden the news announced that there was a coup attempt and these soldiers must have been involved. But many people speculated and I don't know where we are now. It's been a while since I covered the story that these were just low level, low ranking soldiers who got some order. Hey, go guard the bridge. And they said, OK, what would happen if Trump says we're doing a training exercise? And he sends out National Guard to go guard a building, and they, they don't realize what they're there for. A coup does not require Donald Trump to tell the soldiers, hey, I'm seizing power. Go do this. It just involves, hey, I want a bunch of soldiers uh, guarding this building right now. That's it. And they'll do it. Of course they will. You see, people think the world is like a movie. They think that everything is is always honest and true but they don't realize, they don't know what they don't know, is the easiest way to put it. Now, listen, I'm not saying Donald Trump is planning a military coup. I think that is bold and preposterous. But I can tell you that both sides are pointing at the other, saying that they're staging a coup. I found this best of post on Reddit to be kind of hilarious in its naivety. But also, they bring up a good point. It's just bias towards the left. The long story short of this, this post they're making, Is that a military coup isn't Donald Trump calling on his guards and saying, I want power and I refuse to leave. Come here and guard me while I seize control and subvert the Constitution. That's ridiculous. But that's kind of what the left thinks would happen. I'll tell you what really would happen. And they bring this up. Legitimacy. You see, over the past several weeks, there has been legitimacy granted to the voter fraud scenario. Initially, they said there's no evidence. Shut up. And boy, did they desperately try to assert their legitimacy. You see where we start seeing the divide on this one? Let me explain. Over time, the media narrative went from there is no evidence to not enough evidence to unproven conspiracies to no widespread proof, no proof. You see how they escalate things? Because evidence has come out. Trump has gained legitimacy in his statements about voter fraud, and they were laughing at them for quite some time. Now they're starting to fight. But I want to stop you right there. What if the coup was in the other direction when a Trump Pentagon nominee alleged that Joe Biden was staging a coup? Well, we do have strange phenomenon going on in the other direction. For one, the Republicans won down ballot tremendously. But Donald Trump loses strange anomalies, videos and sworn affidavits. Thousands of sworn affidavits now at this point, I believe lies in the media, desperate attempts to cover things up. And more importantly a desperate bid for legitimacy. The media saying Joe Biden is president elect, even though legally he is not. I'm not playing games. I'm not here to support or oppose. I'm just giving you the fact the president elect, the vice president becomes president elect as far as I can tell on January 6th. I was wrong before. I thought it was the 14th. Here's what happens on the 14th. The electors from each state will vote. The votes are then basically they they hold on to them until January 6th, when a joint session of Congress counts the votes, goes through any disputes and then says, here's who won. The media and social media have been doing everything in their power to try and grant legitimacy to Joe Biden. Desperation. Polls were coming out where they said 79 percent of people believe Joe Biden is president elect. What? What? Why? Why are you polling people that? That's so weird. But that's the question of legitimacy. Here's what they say. It, we just hesitate to call it a coup because it doesn't appear to be what we envision a coup looks like. We picture some kind of coordinated, calibrated, synchronous hydra takes over shield type stuff in our heads. We're waiting for the moment when the entire electoral college rips off their clothes to reveal some sleek black MAGA uniforms and ninja flips all over the place and unfurls some giant picture of Trump's face and unfolds over the American flag, and Trump seizes control. That's what we're waiting for, because that's what we think a real coup is. And I'll stop there, probably because you watch too many movies. Instead, it looks like a pants-essing, Adderall-addicted, emotionally crippled imbecile throwing a tantrum and commanding his army of flunkies to try anything and everything to get him installed in power again. Including having his idiot, hair brained spy infiltrate his own Justice Department and bully employees to get them to go along with the coup until she gets fired and ejected from the building. And the reason this coup looks like that is because that's exactly what it is. His behavior is completely seditious, and the Trump campaign's claims are knowingly fraudulent because nothing they say in public is what they're saying in court under oath. Stop. Not true. When they're under oath, the lawsuits that they've brought forward haven't been about fraud, they've been about impropriety. And it's been about an attempt to win. Now, you can certainly argue they should bring the fraud cases forward, but those require criminal investigations. And it's almost impossible to bring direct evidence of fraud outside of affidavits, statements and mathematical anomalies until someone with subpoena power actually goes in. Of course, I think they should be under oath as well. But these are very different circumstances. What they he basically says is it's a fight for legitimacy. Excellent points further reinforced by others that have lived through uh, similar. No matter how inept Trump and his administration are, these are precarious times and we need to be vigilant. This is why I've been saying to counter what what, what he's saying. We should have a full and an honest investigation over every single claim, not to grant legitimacy, but to be reasonable. Otherwise, this is going to implode. It is going to be the most glorious and explosive implosion and you know, people uh, would laugh at me. You're allowed to, by all means. I'm just some dude in his room complaining on the internet. I, I totally get it. I am self-aware, mind you. The the, the, the bald beanie cuck, you can call me whatever you want. But I really and genuinely feel that we are headed towards some type of troubles or conflict or civil war. I don't know what you'd call it. I don't know what it'll ultimately be because we don't, we, we, we're not in a loop of history. It's not like, oh, we had a civil war. We have a civil war again. Now everyone pick your sides and march, pat. you know, march across the Mason-Dixon line. I'm not saying that. We're in a political civil war, and that's like widely agreed upon. We're in a culture civil war, and that's been going on for almost a decade. But when does it go hot? Now that it's political, it gets to the point where maybe it will. From Newsweek, 75 Pennsylvania Republicans ask state to dispute 2020 elections in Congress. Have they, as, as per the, the December 8th Safe Harbor Provision, applied a procedure to resolve this dispute. One could argue, no. This letter was issued. Nothing was done to address it other than you're too late. Shut up. Theoretically, the Supreme Court might say, sorry, that's not how the law works. I'm not a lawyer, so I could be totally wrong about this. But there, there, there's more going on. White House fires Pentagon advisory board members, installs loyalists. Yep. Yeah, he, he he got he appointed a new acting uh, secretary of defense. They've said special forces will now uh, report directly to him. And Trump's people believe that Biden stole the election. There's rampant voter fraud. And I could make the argument that the left is making exactly in the other direction. That's why this is not about civil war. I'm sorry. It's, it's, that's why it's not about a coup. It's not about a Biden coup or, or a Trump coup. It's about the decoupling of America and two factions who completely disagree. Already we've heard people say that we should see America have a divorce. Well, what do you think that would lead to if the factions split up the country? Civil war. Because who gets what city? Who gets what resource? But if both sides think the other is stealing the election, what do you think is going to happen? Check this out a direct quote from Pelosi on why she is willing to accept this new stimulus bill, a new president and a vaccine. And this triggered widespread outrage, serious outrage, that Pelosi withheld stimulus from the people because she just hates Trump. That's mostly the reason, and the vaccine, of course. That says to people that the real issue Pelosi had was she hates Trump and she doesn't care about you. If our politics has become we will sacrifice and destroy everything to own the other side, to get them. Gotcha. Then what do you think we're in? What, where do you think this goes? Because people are losing their livelihoods over this. From NPR, backing Trump, some ex-military officers spread conspiracies and urge martial law. I love how the left complains about martial law. They say Trump is trying to stage martial law. Michael Flynn has called for it. Sidney Powell, Linwood. Yo. Uh, the left has imposed martial law. The governor's locked everything down. They're literally arresting people who've broken no laws. They're arresting small business owners. They are abusing and suppressing and oppressing the working class. Martial law has been here for a long time. And there we go. Joe Biden is staging a coup. Joe Biden says, I'll listen to the scientists, brings in an advisor who says, We're going to lock the country down for six weeks. Joe Biden is threatening us with martial law. Now Donald Trump supporters are threatening back the same thing. I don't I can't imagine either side backing down. The Oath Keepers, the largest militia in this country have already said it was Stuart Rhodes. He's the the, the founder, I believe, and like the head the head honcho. He said he thinks that half the country will not take anything coming out of Joe Biden's mouth as legitimate. And that's it. It's about confidence. It's always about confidence. If people believe that this system is in place and this is how the law will be enforced, they'll adhere to it. But what happens when there's no confidence? When we have unanswered questions about election irregularities, affidavits and fraud? What happens when the other side claims that Trump is, is, is stealing the election? What happens when both sides do not believe the other side is legitimate, but both have 70 plus million people lining their ranks? I don't think the right regular people are going to come out and fight in some kind of civil war. I think we're seeing trouble, you know, like like, like the troubles in Ireland. We're seeing things like that with skirmishes between left and right. What would happen if so? So, so Joe Biden recently tried to get access to uh, intelligence information. The Pentagon barred Joe Biden's people. It was one of Trump's new appointees who said no. What happens then if Joe Biden gets to a point where he says we won we won the election and we're going to go do X. Let's say January 5th, Joe Biden tries to get access to something that normally a president elect would get access to if the other person conceded. And then Trump orders military national guard says for until the 20th, as per the constitution, you do as you you know, you, you follow orders of the commander in chief. And Trump says something as simple as we just have a security issue. Please guard this building. Then you have Joe Biden's loyalists and you'll have Antifa on the far left, and they're going to revolt. There'll be protests against the National Guard. The National Guard is not going to understand or know what's going on because it's extreme political nuance. All they'll know is I was ordered. We're doing it. We're providing security for this place. It may be possible that happens. And then what? Will the governors recall certain National Guard? Will Trump try to federalize them? Which side will they be on? I'd like to remind you, the Transition Integrity Project, as uh, noted, uh, as, as as cited by The Root, said that it would be better for the West Coast to secede from the union than to allow a Trump victory. But what happens if Trump does get a victory through disputed results in key states, resulting in no one getting 270? Then will Joe Biden call for a secession from the union? I think it's funny. You can see the tribal lines. This is an article, and I'll, I'll, I'll go into this maybe in greater detail later. After the deep state sabotaged his presidential bid, Bernie Sanders mocks those who believe it exists. Glenn Greenwald is not a conservative, but his view and many of his views align much more with the what is called right wing right now. My poly- I, I did I did a whole podcast where I'm like, I'm in favor of universal health care. Like we've got to figure out a way to implement it. And maybe it's not possible. I don't know. But I really am in favor of it. It's a very lefty position. It's like pretty far left, actually. But here I am being called a right winger. Why? Well, well, because I pay attention to the facts in the news. And it turns out when you do. Yeah, well, Trump is actually not that bad. He's, he's right on many issues. And it is actually the Democrats who are crooked and corrupt, who are locking people down under martial law. And getting away with it. Now we can see Bernie Sanders mocks though uh, mocks the people who believe in the deep state, which used to be a left wing cause. The New York Times says Joe Biden won. Two hundred eighty eight states have certified the results so far for Joe Biden. Only two uh, three states remain: New Jersey, Missouri, and Hawaii. The left has now said Joe Biden's won for the sixteenth time, but none of this means anything until January sixth, and we may get a dispute from Republicans, because the ball is rolling and things are escalating. Brian Kemp of Georgia said signature audit. Why? He was resistant until that video emerged where they pulled the ballots out and counted illegally. That's a fact. This is confirmed. A local news outlet, WSB, confirmed that for one hour, poll workers in Georgia at State Farm Arena were counting ballots illegally. They're supposed to have observers. They told the observers to leave, started counting again. Not allowed to do that. I can only imagine that neither side will accept any of this. And we have the proof from The Washington Post. Where Republicans in Congress stand on Trump's false claim of winning the election. Twenty five Republicans have said Biden won. Biden, the actual winner, says Washington Post. Two Republicans have said Trump won and 222 have provided no answer. (laughs) Oh, man, (laughs) if you thought it was spicy, then wait till you see what comes next. I am uh, I moved out to the middle of nowhere, or, uh, admittedly, not the biggest lot, but a, a nice place in the middle of nowhere. I got mountains in front of me I get rivers and stuff. But uh, now I'm looking at really, really cheap, big, empty property in the middle of nowhere, because when you have 222 Republican lawmakers who refuse to say that Joe Biden won or that Trump won, welcome to the fence. When you have two Republican lawmakers saying it was actually Trump who won and 25 saying Biden won, how is it that we've come to a point like this? Trump needs legitimacy, and so does Joe Biden, and neither has it. This country is split in two. How much longer until these 222 with no answer start to change and say, I think Trump actually won. I've seen the evidence of fraud. Here's what's here. Here's the hard part. There, there is no apparatus by which we investigate 150 million votes to determine widespread fraud. There is only grains of sand making a heap. In the beginning, December 7th, a grain of sand was dropped, questioning, hey, look at this. Here's an affidavit. I should say throughout election night with the observers being barred, Scott Adams made a tremendous, uh, excellent point. As soon as they blocked witnesses, we're done. Anything after that is irrelevant. You can make arguments about fraud or anything like that, but we have more than enough ample evidence that they were boarding up windows, kicking observers out, and that is a fact. There's no coming back from that. The witnesses were barred, and anything after that is an unknown that we shouldn't even be trying to fight. All we know is the election's broken, and the courts are gonna ignore it, saying, Give me the evidence. We can't. They kicked the witnesses out. And if you won't if, if you say, well, you have no evidence, yeah. They kicked the witnesses out in Georgia. Fact, they illegally counted ballots. It's all on camera. Over time, this will start to gain more and more traction and more and more Republicans are likely to start saying Trump won or just the fact that they're refusing to say who won at all is bold. The Georgia runoff is coming. I don't think it matters. I've seen I've seen Trump say, go vote. I've seen Loeffler and Purdue talk about, you know, we got to get out and vote. But the Trump supporters don't care because they don't like Republicans anyway. It won't matter who wins and loses because right now no one believes the November 3rd election was good enough. Oh, I should say Democrats do Republicans don't. As, Republi- as Democrats start to realize what's going on, it may just be that they enter the then they lose, then, then you win phase. To put it simply, the Democrats ignored Trump supporters after the election. Then they laughed at Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell as crazy crackpot conspiracy theorists. Now they're getting getting ready to fight. They're saying, hey, wait a minute. Trump's actually doing something here. But then Trump wins because it's too late. They should have been paying attention. I don't think the result is Trump cleanly winning. I don't think the result is Biden cleanly winning at this point. Everything I've seen now suggests that there's going to be some kind of chaotic clash. I'm not saying there's going to be a civil war. I'm saying it feels like it. I lean towards believing there'll be some kind of conflict. A full on civil war would be, you know, factions fighting and shooting each other. But it might just be Trump holds a counter inauguration at the Winter White House, which is Mar-a-Lago. It will be winter, mind you. He'll then have all his supporters out there. And then what happens? Joe Biden will say, we're banning your guns like he's wanting to do. You'll have areas in, say, New Hampshire or West Virginia or Montana where checkpoints pop up from Trump loyalists saying your law means nothing here. We don't stand by your edict. Martial law uh, attempts to implement martial law for the over the covid lockdown are going to result in. Uh, patriots, right wingers, you know, Trump supporters saying no, maybe the left will wake up to the lockdowns like we saw with this woman in in California, but I'm not entirely sure. But look at what's right in front of you. We're at a time right now when 222 Republicans in Congress refuse to say whether or not Trump or Biden won. And I think the answer is because most of these people are scared and they don't know who's going to win. They are waiting to see who the victor will be to then say, oh, yeah, 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 of course, you see how it works. They don't want to come out and be disloyal to Trump or the Trump supporters, the Republicans, they could lose votes. So they're going to keep their mouth shut. But in the event Biden wins, they're going to say, of course, Biden's president. In the event Trump wins, they're going to say, well, you see, you know, Trump's president. president's constitution. Those aren't leaders, but it shows you the machine in place that's supposed to be leading is not functioning properly. I can make all the predictions in the world, but I'll leave it there. The next segment will be. I might do more segments tonight, just because I'm, I'm feeling it. But we'll see. How, we'll see how it plays out. If I do, I'll put them up. If not, whatever. Next segment uh, will 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 be officially though tomorrow at 10 a.m. Because I'm kind of winding things down a little bit, uh, working out more on the IRL podcast, and we're going to be doing work to get this vlog set up. So I think I'm going to go focus on that right now. Uh, we got really fun stuff going on. So. Uh, stick around. Once I get the vlog channel going, we're going to have a good time and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's why I said we're buying farm property out in the middle of nowhere and we're going to do crazy stuff with you know guns and bows and arrows and we're going we got, we to got, get a 3D printing workshop set up. We're going to make you know lasers and just cool stuff. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all in the next segment and uh, don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash timcast IRL for our live show and check out the Tim Pool Daily Show and Timcast IRL on iTunes, Spotify, etc. I'll see you guys next time. Suitcase gate boxes being pulled from under a table in Georgia. Ballots are pulled out. No observers in sight and people start counting. Why? What are they doing? Why are they doing it? And where do these bouts come from? Suspicious activity, no doubt. And Giuliani said this is the smoking gun. But fear not, good citizens. The fact checkers are here to make sure we know that it's all total BS. First, you may have seen lead stories with a great fact check. Video from Georgia does not show suitcases filled with ballots suspiciously pulled from under a table. Poll watchers were not told to leave. Thank you, lead stories. NewsGuard certified fact checking organization for pumping out complete and total BS because this story has now been debunked by a debunk trying to debunk the debunk. No, 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 that last one didn't make sense. Lead Stories tried claiming that this video, this bombshell video showing workers pulling ballots from underneath a table and then counting them after they told everyone to leave. They tried saying it never happened. They lied. You see, the first thing I'm going to tell you, we we have very, very, uh, with this video, we have a lot of questions. Who told the observers to go home? Why did they start counting again after they told people to go home? And why didn't they say we can't? We told the observers to go home. No, they started counting. There was no one else there. Here's the truth. They pulled ballot boxes out from under a table. So you see how lead stories plays the game. They say video from Georgia does not show suitcases filled with ballots suspiciously pulled from under a table. Well, that's a true, true and accurate statement. I could say video from Georgia does not show crates of ballots being pulled out from under a table. That's right. They were in sealed ballot boxes. Now, the question is why? Some of the quotes they got in this fact check say that they were originally placed in the boxes, sealed, and then placed next to the table. Also a lie. They were placed under the table. My friends, poll watchers were told to leave because now we have this ever so hilarious actual fact check from WSB TV 2. Georgia election officials show frame by frame what happened in Fulton surveillance video. You know what the craziest thing is? It's almost like you can show someone robbing a bank, and so long as you call it a fact check and say, everything's fine. The men who come into the building are simply requesting money, and they happen to have been armed. The clerks you can then see are handing them the money, and then the men leave. That's it. That's what they do. In this video, we now get confirmation. The poll workers, or the, I'm sorry, the observers, who are there to scrutinize the ballot counting process, were told to leave. The workers did pull boxes out from under a table and then begin counting ballots with no, not even a state monitor present. There was a one hour gap where we don't know what they were doing. And that seriously calls things into question because there's a reason why there are state poll watchers. Not there, one hour gap confirming what we all saw in the video. Boxes of ballots pulled out from underneath, opened up, counted after everyone was told to go home. And there is a gap where no one is observing. Now, what is true is that earlier in the day, you can see in this video that there were empty ballot boxes. They put ballots in them and then seal the boxes. The official explanation is they thought they were going home. The big question then is, what's up with these fake fact checks trying to debunk these stories when, in fact, this was completely fake news the whole time? You see, that's what they do. Lead stories is probably the most egregious offender. Are they going to get the, the, this This story from December 3rd is completely factually inaccurate. We now have very serious questions about what happened. So to put it mildly, in an attempt to debunk the story, they had no choice but to step it up, go further and, and do a frame by frame confirming the fears of many of the people who are watching this video. Dare I say, they did the opposite of debunk it. Here's the story. Georgia election officials show frame by frame for the third time. Counties across Georgia have certified votes from November's presidential election. The outcome is not expected to change, but legal challenges are still underway. One involves a video from State Farm Arena that has since gone viral. President Trump's lawyers and other supporters call it the smoking gun proving election fraud. Channel 2 investigative reporter Justin Gray spent the day with Georgia election officials going through the video frame by frame to show everyone what really happened. Oh, okay. thank you. What really happened? Gray looked not at just the short clip the Trump campaign shared, but the critical hours before and after the clip as well. Mind you, this was actually all stated by the Trump campaign. This is not new information other than they're confirming what the complaint was in the first place. State election investigators have already spent hours analyzing the video, showing what Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, said was suitcases being pulled from under a table. They were, in fact, official sealed ballot containers no one's I, OK. First of all, yes, Rudy Giuliani, you made a mistake calling them suitcases. That's how they got you. You tripped up in a semantic argument. The question is, why are they pulling the ballots back out and counting them with no one there? To, to uh, Look, I'm a reasonable guy, right? A lot of people were concerned this was ballot stuffing, that these were like pre-printed ballots being pulled out when no one was watching. That doesn't seem to be the case. What seems to be the case now, or, or I should say the clarification we got. So thank you. Is that they were just counting with no state observers and no partisan observers. Exactly the principal complaint. No, no, no. Again, again, a lot of people, and, and myself included, thought, what are these ballots? Where did they come from? And why are they counting them after telling everyone to go home? And why are these fact checking sites saying it never happened? It all happened. But thank you for giving us information on where these ballots come from. You can watch people put the ballots in the box. That doesn't mean anything to me because I still don't know what those ballots are and no one observed them. So what we do know is, after everyone was told to leave, they suspiciously pull boxes out from under a bin, under a table, and start counting them with nobody around to watch. Look, you have one of the most hyperpolarized times in our history with one of the most, look, Trump's been railing on fraud forever, and they should have said, we cannot, we told everyone to leave, we can't do this. Here's what they say. Quote, we can show exactly when they were placed there, lead investigator Francis Watson said. But that doesn't mean anything to anybody. That wasn't the complaint in the first place. We we know they were placed there at some point. Watson said they weren't mystery ballots that came from a mystery location. Video taken hours before shows the table being brought into the room at 822 a.m. Nothing was underneath the table. That was pointed out by the attorney who showed the video in the first place, saying these are the people who put the tables there. At 10 p.m., with a room full of people, including official monitors and the media, video shows ballots that had already been opened but not counted placed in the boxes, sealed up and stored under the table. The reason employees thought they were done for the night. They were closing things up and getting ready to leave. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hot dog, baby. What's that? Poll watchers were not told to leave. Okay. so when the when the vote counters walk up to the people, say something and the people all leave and then now we're being told they were they were closing up for the night. You mean to tell me that wasn't true? Ladies and gentlemen, take a look at this. Poll watchers were not told to leave. Lead stories. Now I want to show you from ABC News Politics. This tweet is going viral from over one month ago. 11.34 p.m. November 3rd. The election department sent the ballot counters at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta home at 10.30 p.m. Regina Waller, the Fulton County Public Affairs Manager for Elections, tells ABC News. That's right. This is a fake fact check. Why? I don't know. They're trying to discredit this claim in this video without actually doing any real uh, uh, verification of what's going on. We were told on November 3rd that counting had stopped when ABC made a public declaration. They reported the news. We've been reported and nobody's counting. And then they got a phone call. Start counting again. What were they doing and why? Well, now we have some accusations flying around that check this out from Kyle Becker, Election workers running through the same mail-in ballots two to three times, some say up to seven or eight times. We've heard witnesses issue sworn affidavits attesting to the kind of behavior that seems to be going on in the state vote uh, state vote farm video below from Kanakoa, Georgia. Not only did election officials lie about the pipe burst, send observers away, pull out hidden ballots and continue counting in secret. They also scanned the same stack of ballots three times in a row. Now, I watched the video several times. It does appear the woman puts the ballots in the machine. Then there's, you know, time lapse of something happening. She picks them up, shakes them around, you know, and then puts them right back on the machine three times. I don't know what that means. People are saying that they counted the votes three times. I don't know. And that's the problem. That is the problem. There is doubt. And people are are saying this is in dispute. Why? They said a pipe burst. It didn't. They said they sent people home. They didn't. They did send home the people who are supposed to watch and scrutinize the kind of people, state officials even, who would have said, whoa, 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 you're you're counting the same stack twice. What are you doing? What are you doing? You can't do that. Oops, sorry. Not there. Now, I'm not saying it's a grand conspiracy. I'm saying that if you've got a person whose job is a security guard at a venue, I'll put it this way. I used to work for a venue. This is probably 13 years ago, and you weren't allowed to smoke in the building, right? This is Chicago. Well, when the security guard went to the bathroom, some people who just didn't know or didn't care just would light up a cigarette. And then when the security guard would come back, they'd be like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, no, we missed that. We weren't here. So typically they try to have multiple guards all looking at the crowd at the same time. That way no one ever leaves because sometimes these things happen. How about with no observers present? These people made a mistake and didn't realize. Maybe she thought it didn't count properly. And so she loaded them up three times. Maybe the machine can't count the same bouts three times because they have some kind of serial number or something like that. Honestly, I don't know. And that's the big problem. At a time when we were extremely hyperpolarized, you now have people scrutinizing the video saying you can see her scan it several times. People are pointing out saying that's the complaint we have. These bouts were pulled out from under a table and sealed boxes. The seals were broken. The observers were gone. And therein lies the big problem. They say they were closing things up and ready to leave. Here's where the confusion comes in. Media and observers left. As employees packed up, boom, poll watchers were not told to leave. They are lying to us. This is a Facebook certified fact checker. They have flagged these stories so that you can't share them. So it deranks your channel on Facebook. If you share too much fake news, Facebook stops allowing people to see your content. You see what they do? They're lying. And then we get the actual fact check. Fulton's election director called the supervisor at State Farm a few minutes later, telling them to keep counting after the secretary of state's office called and said they shouldn't stop counting for the night so early. Ladies and gentlemen, poll workers were told to close up. They told all the observers to leave as per sworn affidavits and then got a call saying, good, now start counting again. I don't care what the reason was. They called them up and said, close it up, kick them out. Now start counting again. Why did they do it? In fact, in this story from WSB TV Atlanta, the reporter says now there was a period for an hour where there were no observers or state monitors present. Done. That's a violation of the election code. As far as I understand it, that the state is supposed to have their watchers there. So why did they tell them to leave? After that call, employees pulled the containers of ballots back out and went back to work. No magically appearing ballots, Gabriel Sterling, with the Secretary of State's office, said. These were ballots that were processed in front of the monitors, processed in front of the uh, monitors and placed there in front of the monitors and then counted with no one watching and maybe run through the machine several times. Maybe it's not possible. My, my, when I heard it ran through the machine several times, I said, look, I have to imagine there's some kind of unique component to the ballots, right? So the machine tabulates them and, and has a unique identifier for what that ballot is. If it's true, the machines just you can put the same ballot in 50 times and it just says Biden, 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 Biden. Well, then these are really, really bad machines. And if that's the case, because I don't know, well, we got we got a serious problem. This means right now we're going to need a forensic analysis on the machines. Uh, we're going to need a detailed breakdown of the proprietary software to know whether or not ballots can be count, counted multiple times. And I, I know many people are probably saying, dude, the, of course they can't do that. No, OK, then you need to publish that because people right now are going nuts with these viral stories saying, look what they're doing. And we need clarity in they say that there's about six thousand ballots per box, about six thousand uh, There's this big argument happening on Twitter. They say it's like it weighs hundreds of pounds. No, it doesn't. Six thousand. You get like a stack of paper for it's like a thousand sheets and it weighs a couple pounds. So you have a bunch of these boxes, probably a little heavy, but four boxes, six thousand votes. We're looking at around twenty four thousand votes, which is what people are ultimately concerned about, because at around twelve, thirty or so a.m., that's how many votes came in for Joe Biden. So imagine this with no people present to observe what they're doing. They maybe just ran the Biden votes. No idea. How would we ever know? We just see a grainy video where you can see they're doing something and there's no legal observers or monitors. They say, so what about the time gap between when the media and observers left and the observers returned about an hour later? Employees scanned ballots. Fact. These are just typical everyday election workers. Uh, These are just typical everyday election workers just doing their job, Sterling said. This is not some Oceans 11 level scheme being put together in the middle of the night. That is the lie. Now, I jokingly said that Donald Trump got Oceans 11. What I mean by that is the plan for Democrats to win was set up months or year plus in advance. Act 77, no excuse mail-in voting in Pennsylvania, was signed into law October of 2019. They try to trick you. By saying there's no grand conspiracy or widespread fraud. There's no Oceans Ocean's 11 style scheme going on. And it could be one person who hates Donald Trump and has Trump derangement syndrome. And now that you've kicked the observers out, you've given them carte blanche one hour to go as fast as they can to crank out all those Biden votes. I got to be honest, I'm not convinced that's what's happened. I need evidence to prove it. What I can tell you is I don't like being lied to. These fake news fact checkers are full of it. And we created a security lapse. And we uh, at a time when we are so hyper polarized, you have contested the results. uh, It's your fault, not the Trump supporters. They now have grounds to say F no, no way. We are not giving you an inch. And they shouldn't. This has got to be done by the book. They say there was about an hour. That workers scanned ballots before a state monitor arrived. But video shows those moments. The monitor then observed counting until they stopped for the night. The lead election investigator has looked at all that video and said she saw no evidence of any wrongdoing. Perhaps. Perhaps that's the case. Perhaps this is incorrect. Someone's scanning about two or three times. Maybe she put the stack on the machine and it started feeding in the ballots and then it said error, could not process, and she was like, she put them back in. And that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, based on this and based on the fervor and and, and, the, and the fear, I think we should have a forensic analysis on those machines to make sure that we didn't have the same numbers come in three times in a row. Because if you have a batch of ballots, a stack, let's say it's 400 or so ballots or whatever that, that go through the machine, and it's 300 Biden, 100 Trump, we would then see 300 Biden, 100 Trump, the next scan, 300 Biden, 100 Trump, the next scan, 300 Biden, you get the point. So we're we're going to need a forensic analysis. And I think that's a fair point. I can't believe how, how, how the Democrats are fighting so hard to make sure we don't do this. That scares me. If we don't look, look, I'm not saying Trump won. Not at all. Let's say that uh, Trump truly lost. It's all over. This is just nonsense. People are are, are freaking out. Let's say they don't do an analysis to break down and prove and provide the documents and, and show people. Here's the machine. Here's the analysis. Here's an independent third party. No one on the right going to believe it, and you will guarantee that we will go through the next period of people believing that Trump, uh, that Trump did not lose, as they do already now. You need to do everything you can to calm people down. We are a, a constitutional republic where the individuals have rights, and that means, you know, I, 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 when I was talking to Destiny on the IRL show, I said, let's do an investigation. He said, don't you think people are you know, tired of investigations and things like that? And I'm like, I don't care. I really don't. I roll my eyes the thought of Russia Gate and another Russia Gate style thing, but you have to because we fight with each other. We have disputes and we have to recognize a certain standard. Yup, we're gonna do another hearing and another investigation, and one side's gonna say it's so dumb, and we do that because we don't want people burning everything to the ground. Now Russia Gate was stupid, fake news. People won awards for it; and it was trash. You, we can't do a simple investigation here. Mike Cernovich tweeted, according to an earlier fact check, no one was told to leave. In fact, that's what happened. How is this an official Facebook fact checker? It's a a good question. Facebook has given special powers to fake news outlets. Lead stories, writes fake news. They they they, look at this. Did they just make this up? Poll watchers were not told to leave. That's 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 fabricated. That's just I mean, we've literally got ABC News from November 3rd. They make it up. And then they derank. They they, they block, they ban, they shadow ban anybody who dares oppose the fake news. It's all the proof you needed. Trump is filing a lawsuit in Georgia challenging the election results. Biden won Georgia by a slim 12,670 vote margin. It's extremely possible Trump can flip 12,000 votes, especially at this point. When you see that there's around 24,000 or so votes between those four boxes, we're now looking at an amount of votes that could have changed the outcome of the election. Bill Barr said, to date, we have not seen evidence of wide, uh, of voter fraud to, this, to the extent that it would have changed the outcome of the election. Paraphrasing is not an exact quote, but essentially that's what he said. However, he went on to say, that many of the claims brought forward by Trump and others are are for civil litigation, not criminal impropriety, for instance. No, no observers. That's not uh, a fraud necessarily. Now, maybe they had intent, but that's not what Bill Barr does right now. What we see with these people counting these ballots probably will not fall under Bill Barr's jurisdiction because the argument is impropriety. Unless you can prove criminal intent, it's not a criminal matter. It's oopsie. We told everyone to leave and then counted. Now, it may be a violation of state election code, which brings this to civil court where Trump could say all that matters is 24,000 ballots were counted with with no. Well, we don't know at what point how many were counted before the state observer returned. Therefore, this batch of ballots calls are called into question. That's a good point. In PA, Giuliani and Trump argued that we got 700,000 votes. There was no observers present. And then the judge said, well, they were in the building, right? They couldn't see any of the votes, but they were in the building, right? Okay, you're fine. Completely insane. You need people to sit there, three people, the vote counter and then partisans, maybe four, maybe Democrat, Republican and independent. And then you watch and then there's scrutiny and there's challenges and we don't have that. I have to ask why. Why that's the case. Real Clear Investigations notes. A curious thing happened as Fulton County election officials counted mail in ballots at the State Farm Arena in the days before the election. In the early hours of November 5th, a surge of some 20,000 mail in votes suddenly appeared for Joe Biden, while approximately 1,000 votes for Trump mysteriously disappeared from his own totals in the critical swing state, where Biden holds a razor thin lead. That right there flipped the election. For whatever reason. Now, it could be that all of this is normal. Completely normal. Nothing crazy happened. So then why lie about it? Why lie? It could be that uh, Trump supporters are looking for any and any excuse and suspicious of everything. Okay? They're allowed to be. They're allowed to challenge the elections. They're allowed to file lawsuits and they're they're, they're and it's their right to get appropriate answers from the institutions that serve them. The Republican apparatus of the of Georgia state and the political systems of these states serve the people and the people sometimes dispute, particularly in elections, which means if they come forward and say, I contest this done agreed. okay, because we work for you. We're not a direct democracy. We're a constitutional republic. And that means the individual has rights. And if one person came forward, in my opinion, and said, I want a forensic analysis, I think the answer should be. Yes. In fact, I think there should be a hard forensic analysis resolving any and all elections in every state and every county after they have the full numbers. And it should be done in public with people watching by a third party. And then they hand the results, you know, they 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 show the results and they say, Here we go. Please everyone verify what we're seeing to confirm. We agree. Because I'll tell you this. If they did and they printed something out and then they gave a copy to every person, I know what the Republican poll watchers would do, the Republican observers, they look at it and say, okay you know how I know that because when the observers actually were challenging ballots, Trump supporters would challenge ballots but then also say that's for Biden yeah okay there's the, the there's 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 you know you have grounds for challenge sometimes and and sometimes you don't and they accepted that and the Biden did people did too we need more scrutiny not less more security not less My bigger complaint with all this is how the fake news lies and let me wrap it up with the, with what I was saying in the beginning this video. Georgia election officials show, show frame by frame what happened in Fulton is not debunking the story. It confirmed it. But by simply just saying it debunked it, that's the name of the game. So here's how here's how we play it. The the the, the dry concern, first and foremost, is people saying, where do these votes come from? What are these? They thought it was ballot stuffing. I did too. Evidence of ballot stuffing. Uh, evidence as in a sign or indication of something may be happening. That's still the case, but not for the reason we thought. Okay. first we were like, where did these ballots come from? That was the concern. They've confirmed they were part of the normal process, put in, sealed and put away. The concern still exists that there was ballot stuffing because we don't know what these people were doing. It looks normal, sure, but we don't know because no one was there and the problem still exists. So they've essentially confirmed it and I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. There is a grand conspiracy afoot. Democrats nationwide have been secretly plotting to turn people into Republicans. I'm kidding. It's a joke. But come on. It's kind of true, right? Here's a tweet from me. It is raining red pills in California. It's a sad video, man. And I'm not here to drag this woman. I'm here to support her and and, and do what I can to make sure that people know about what's happening in the you know Los Angeles County area, I believe. This woman's restaurant is in uh, the the valley. I'm not entirely sure. But this is a viral video. 4.5 million views already. This woman runs the Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill. And in this video, she says they've shut her down. They're taking everything from her. But guess what? In her parking lot, there is an outdoor dining area for the movie industry, which is totally safe and fine. One thing stood out to me when she said, "Everything I own is being taken away," and that's why people think the Great Reset is 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 the uh, why this is all happening. Now, I had a conversation with a lefty fellow who said it's not a grand conspiracy; they're locking things down because people are dying. And I said, "Yes, perhaps, but the lockdown didn't work the first time. They're likely exploiting this for their Great Reset." I want to play for you this video. You can hear what this woman has to say. It's very important.
1: So this is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining. For tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today because I'm organizing a protest and I came in to get stuff for that. And I walk into my parking lot and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this.
0: And now what she's showing is a massive outdoor...
1: Has approved
0: area for food for eating
1: this being set up for this being set up for for a movie company
0: bunch of tents white tents dining tables and then right next to it is her dining area she's not allowed to use
1: i'm losing everything everything i own is being taken away from me and they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio which is right over here
0: You can see she's got her very similar.
1: And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. (laughs) They have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Look at this. Tell me that this is dangerous. But right next to me as a slap in my face.
0: Brutal, man.
1: That's safe. This is safe. Fifty feet away. This is dangerous. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this.
0: So uh, as that video was playing, I did narrate a bit because that's that's for the people who are listening on the podcast. But uh, she said a few things that kind of um, make me feel sad for her. I mean, first of all, this woman is showing us that her business has been shut down yet 50 feet. There is the exact same thing. Picnic tables. She's got to make sure people are seven feet apart from each other. They get to put up picnic tables. They're allowed (laughs) rules for thee, but not for me. Unfortunately, what did she say in this video? Two things that you need to hear. One, Garcetti and Newsom are responsible for everybody who's not getting unemployment, not getting their benefits. You cannot rely on these people who are beating you to death to help you afterwards. You cannot stand there, look at me and say, help me, please. They are stealing everything from me. They are beating me. Why won't they help me? Why won't they give me a check? Why won't they give me money while this happens? They are bludgeoning your business figuratively to death. What makes you think they're going to be giving you anything while they're doing it? Shit something else. Someone needs to do something. You know, when I see stuff like this, this this pineapple grill place is in uh, it's in it's in L A County. I believe I believe I'm not super familiar with the, how the county structure works. I think it's just on the other side of the, of the you know the ridge, whatever. So it's the San Fernando Valley. I think it's called. I live there. I don't remember what these places are. Uh, San Fernando Valley. So she's um right off. I think it's like the 101 or something. She's in one of the bluest places in the country, and I say it's raining red pills when I see something like this. You know what I say to this woman? I will do whatever I can. I, w- I will blast this, this out. I will make sure people see this. People need to know what's happening. I covered the story in Staten Island where the, uh, the bar owner said, I'm opening back up. Protesters came out. And many of these urban liberal progressives, upper crust types mock and belittle the working class. This woman has staff. She's got family. There are people who rely on her services and there are people who rely on these jobs and it is being stripped away while they laugh in her face, 50 feet away. How incredible that after all of that, she still doesn't get it. OK, so I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to drag her. I want, you know, anybody who lives in the L.A. area, it's the Pineapple uh, uh, Saloon and Grill, uh, Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill. And uh, people should protest because this is not about covid. They're lying. There's no reason why people can't sit outside at her picnic tables, but they can sit outside at the movie theater, the the, the movie industry picnic tables. Clearly, this is not about covid. Oh, but the movies are essential. No, they're not. Restaurants are essential. Movie production is not. It is a slap in the face. The largest transfer of wealth in U.S. history, stripping away the rights and the property of the working class to give it to the millionaires and the billionaires. The millionaires and the billionaires in this country, now that Bernie Sanders is not going to stand up and fight, somebody's got to, I guess. But I'm just so let down hearing her say we need unemployment checks and someone has to do something. Ma'am, with all due respect, you have my utmost empathy, my sympathy and my support. Set up a GoFundMe. I will seek it out and I will do what I can to help you. But please stop waiting for someone to save you. As evidenced by the fact that you made the video in the first place, you understand your responsibility here to stand up and be the leader. The Democratic Party, in my opinion, is as corrupt as they come. And the Republican Party is corrupt, but completely ineffective in many ways. Trump does not represent the Republican Party. And as you can see from Trump supporters, man, they do not like Republicans. I saw a video the other day. They walked up to a guy in Georgia with a Trump hat on. And a journalist asked him, will you be supporting Purdue and Loeffler? And he says, I don't know. We'll see. And they say, what's your focus? You know, are you concerned about the runoff? I'm concerned about November 3rd and Donald Trump. Trump supporters, not Republicans. There's kind of an overlap because Trump used the Republican Party. But I digress. The Democratic Party is, is crooked and corrupt. All of the politicians who have been caught violating COVID. Guess what party they're from? The Democrats. So the Republicans have their problems, no doubt, complain about a about them all day and night. Ma'am, you should run for office. You should stand up and demand your rights. You know, nobody, uh, you know what? I, 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 I got to rephrase that. You have your rights. You have them. They can't be taken away. The real issue is that there is a system put in place by the Democrat voters of Los Angeles to crush you, to steal from you and destroy your life. I'm a, I'm a rather uh, left-leaning individual. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're going to hear left and right. They're going to tell you different. They're going to give you different definitions of what these mean. I tell you, I believe in a mixed economy and I lean slightly towards cooperative market. There's a difference between uh, cooperative and competitive. Competitive, there's a, really, there's a really great political compass thing where it shows you uh, different networks for economics and a cooperative is we work together and we we kind of you know well there i'll put it this way paying taxes is more cooperative the issue is i'm more of a left leaning libertarian type so how you implement tax increase or anything like that it's not easy it's it's not and ultimately then you end up drifting more towards right libertarianism which is competitive marketplaces but i think there should be a bit of a mix you know, the problem is the Democratic Party right now is split between celebrity influencer garbage who use leftism, which they don't understand, to earn support from people who need or want things. And it's a it's a it's a, a, a siren song. This woman and her business have been led astray. Now, I don't know if she's a Republican or a Democrat. The fact that she said we need unemployment checks and someone should do something makes me believe that she's a Democrat, and especially considering the area she's in. But that is the siren song. This is the inherent, the fundamental problem we have with politics in this country. A Republican will come to you and say, you're on your own, kid. Figure it out. Too bad. And then the left will say, what a cold and callous man. These people need help. Don't worry, young man. I'll give you everything you want. Just sign your allegiance to me. And you don't get what you want. You get subservience. You get dependency. When in fact... What sounds harder and harsher might be the best thing for you. Self-sufficiency, which is the most important thing right now. This woman needs to come out and say, I will do something. And she is. She's talking about how she's organizing a protest. Good for her. I'm not, I, again, my, my respect, sympathy, empathy, and support to this woman with everything going on. But th- that you, you can see that mentality, which holds you back. So this story is actually going massively viral. Business owners as restaurants are being unfairly targeted by coronavirus restrictions. How about a better headline for you? Businesses are being unfairly targeted by coronavirus restrictions. They showed you a video, dudes at CBS. She's got her picnic tables shut down and they're set up. Clearly, they are being unfairly targeted. Maybe there is some hope and people are starting to wake up because we have this amazing story. CNBC fight on COVID-19 restrictions blows up on air Two CNBC hosts got into an extraordinary early morning fight over COVID-19 restrictions and masks on Friday during a discussion over how restaurants are being devastated by the pandemic. Rick Centelli, a CNBC personality who won fame and attention in 09 with a rant from the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, suggesting that a tea party should be started during that recession argued that it didn't make sense to shut down restaurants when parking lots at big box retailers were jam-packed with cars and people. Bravo, good, sir, you nailed it. Quote, You can't tell me that shutting down, which is the easiest answer, is the only answer, Santelli said, which drew an immediate rebuke from another CNBC personality, Andrew Ross Sorkin, who is is also a financial columnist for the New York Times and has previously had on-air disputes with colleagues on CNBC over the appropriate precautions to take for COVID-19. Rick, just as a public health and public service announcement for the audience, the difference between a big box retailer before he got cut off. Who is this? Santelli asked. The two were speaking from different settings. Someone off screen at that point can be heard saying, Who else? Who else? <laughs> Quote The difference between a big box retailer and a restaurant, or frankly, even a church, are so different it's unbelievable, Sorkin said uh, as Santelli shook his head up and down. Sorkin is an elitist crackpot who says just give up submit everything you own you are nothing and you must bow before the massive corporations that run this planet you peasant that's basically what he was saying right whereas santelli was saying people need to live and this is the point i was making just just previously about responsibility i'm here to tell you the lockdowns did not work actually i'm sorry i think the lockdowns worked to a certain degree. Did we see cases drop? They eventually began to drop. Yes, there's like a, a week or two week delay in what we see in reporting and hospitalization. So earlier this year, we said 15 days to slow the spread. And all of a sudden, the numbers started to drop hospitalizations and COVID deaths and all that stuff. Why it appeared the lockdown worked. But then something happened once we started easing restrictions right around just in time for the election, mind you, started to come back. I believe this provides us with ample evidence Considering it's not just the United States, but across Europe as well, it all came back. The lockdowns failed to stop anything. And now I'm here to tell you the harsh reality. People are going to die. It is horrifying, but it is a part of this world. I know a lot of people who have died in a lot of different ways, and it is devastating and it is sad. Sometimes it can be controlled. Sometimes it's a freak accident. Sometimes it's someone taking someone else's life, but sometimes it's a sickness and I've I, I've known people who have died due to sickness and there's only so much we can do. That's the hard reality you need to understand that we cannot control nature. We can adjust. We can't control the wind, but we can't adjust our sails. And that means right now, as we're dealing with a pandemic, locking down has failed us and only caused more pain and suffering in the long run. We now have an opportunity to rectify this mistake. Start opening our businesses back up, socially distance, wear masks and provide Extra protections for those with comorbidities, the vulnerable. That is the way out of this. Unfortunately, that's not the easy way. And as Democrats are the party of whispering sweet nothings into your ears, playing the siren song, they'll tell you why with but a click of a button, we can shut everything down and bring everything back to normal. Don't worry. In only two months of no work and no support, nothing, everything will be a OK. It's the easy way out, and it will not work. The World Health Organization has already warned us that lockdowns must be a very, very last resort. We are not there yet. In fact, all, all signs of the past year indicate that in Europe it failed, in the U.S. it failed. So save doing what China did in welding people's doors shut and renditioning them, well, that's probably not the right way to put it, kidnapping them and bringing them to God knows where, which we can't do, we must recognize that COVID is going to be here and people will lose their lives. Grow up, stand strong and realize we are not gods on this planet. We cannot control everything. Sooner or later, a worse pandemic will arise and we must do what we can. But we also must learn and adapt. The lockdowns have not helped us. It is worse now. Earlier in the year, they said, that with the lockdowns, we'd be looking at around 250,000 people. But even with a lot the lockdown then and the lockdown now, we are over that proving they were wrong. What do they do? The Democratic politicians are flaunting the rules. Gavin Newsom was now caught. What twice? Lori Lightfoot, Gretchen Whitmer, Nancy Pelosi going out and getting their hair done. They don't care about you and they're not worried about this and they will do what they want while you suffer and burn. Because there is a hard reality that probably even they know there's nothing you can do. Nothing. I mean, to make this completely disappear, to make the death stop, there are things we can do to mitigate the problems and the pain and the suffering. Instead, the feckless who are leading these blue states and cities give us only one option. Ladies and gentlemen, many epidemiologists want social distancing and masks forever, even after the vaccine. Everyone has a right to dissent from the epidemiologist's contentment with the way things are now. From Rabe Suave, the New York Times asked 700 epidemiologists to describe their COVID-19 habits, how their thinking has changed since the pandemic began, and when they think it will be safe for normal life to resume. Dismayingly, several answer the last question with a rounding never. Oh, I'm sorry, with a resounding never. I expect that wearing a mask will become part of my daily life moving forward, even after a vaccine is deployed. Amy Hobbs, a research associate at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, told the Times. Marilyn Seng, an assistant professor at California Polytechnic State University, said life would never revert to the way it was, though the preventative measures currently practiced, masks and social distancing, will feel normal in time. Similarly, Vasily Vlasov, a professor at HSE University in Moscow, said life was perfectly normal now because this is the new normal. Not for me. (laughs) I'm on the middle of nowhere. I walk around acres and acres of property where I just live my life like normal. We have deliveries come in and out here. Guess what? People don't wear masks and they don't function this way. Their businesses aren't being shut down in this way either. Why? Well, because there's no one to come out and enforce it. And there's no mass proximity between other people to spread COVID. So I'll tell you what's really happening. It's the cities that are being destroyed and being torn down. Maybe it's a good thing in in a sense too many people have become complacent to see this woman say i'm organizing a protest i'm doing everything but someone needs to do something says to me y'all need to go to the woods i, I don't i know maybe this, this lady might be an an, a, an urban republican of some sort i don't know her political leanings but i think it's a good thing that we would bring people out to the middle of nowhere welcome to the wilderness can you start a fire can you build a shelter can you find water can you do any of that stuff You know, look, I understand you don't have to because technology affords us a very, very comfortable life, but you should have basic skills. What happens if you go for a hike and you get lost? You're going to survive? Most don't, or I should say many don't. They wander around confused and they don't know what the first thing they need is in order to survive. And I tell you this, they think it's water. They don't know. So they're out in the wilderness and they start lumbering around, not realizing that in fact, it's shelter. Or at least when I did my hostile uh, environment training, the first thing you need is shelter from the elements because, well, you could die. I mean, first of all, you can be attacked by animals, but more importantly, you uh, there are people who die of hypothermia relatively easily and people don't get it. Sitting around doing nothing outside when the temperature drops, but you do need water as well. And you need to understand how to protect yourself, how to warm yourself, because sometimes you get lost. And this happens to a lot of people. How many stories have we read about these silly urban liberal women who decide to go mountain climbing in in Morocco and then what? Tragedy. Or how about the people riding their bikes through Tajikistan and then what? Tragedy. I'm not going to explain in detail what those tragedies are, but the idea that many people in cities are having everything destroyed and taken away from them. I feel for you. Absolutely. And I will support you. But I will also point out you need to be responsible for yourself. And I moved out to the middle of nowhere and we're, we're partial, we're almost off the grid. That's, that's, that's one big goal of mine. And now actually we're going to be getting a, w- w- the, look, I'll tell you this in the middle of nowhere, land isn't that expensive. If you live in a city, let me tell you something. You put five or 10% down on, on, on a plot of land. Okay. And the land can be like seriously hundreds of acres for like, I don't know, say 50 grand. So you put down, say, 2500 bucks. not the easiest thing in the world to get, but you can save up and you can work hard. That's your down payment. And then you're spending a couple hundred bucks a month on your mortgage or on your loan, depending on, you know, the structure of it. So we're looking at getting a massive, massive property. Why? Because we're going to be filming and producing stuff for the vlog. And so I'm already out in the middle of nowhere, but now we're going to be expanding because empty land is, is relatively cheap. You know, look, you get it through a loan, you do that stuff. What I'm saying is you can survive further out of outside of the city. You don't need to be there. And it's about time you start relying on yourself, fighting, uh, 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 you know, learning how to survive and, and fight on your own. And from then, we build up our communities of individuals who work together towards a more prosperous future. I hope this lady uh, uh, gets some support. I, I wish her success in a nonviolent protest, a civil nonviolent civil disobedience. Best of luck. And I'm going to keep tracking this stuff, but I'm telling you, The Democrats' plan is to make everything worse. They're saying even with the vaccine, it won't matter. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up over at my other channel, the Tim Pool YouTube channel, which you can find by typing in your address bar, youtube.com slash TimCast. It'll be up at 4 p.m. Let's get serious. Things are getting spicy on these streets, and both sides are accusing each other of being, well, of staging a coup. I'll see y'all at 4 p.m. Thanks for hanging out.